It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 225, Daniel's Final Revelations. Daniel 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks was over. On the twenty-fourth day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river of the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen, with a belt of fine gold from Upaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Now this is clearly the pre-incarnate Christ, which is visiting Daniel. I mean, the, the eyes like flaming torches, arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, his voice with the sound of the multitude. This is Jesus. There's no one else. Daniel 10, 7. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My voice... My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, You who are highly esteemed, carefully consider the words I'm about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this, I stood up, trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day of you have set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of Persian kingdom resisted me twenty-one days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, because I was detained there with the king of Persia. And now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Okay, so... Maybe this isn't Jesus, but another angel. But, I mean, the description is so Jesus. And, and we know another angel now is involved, and his name is Michael, and he's the warrior archangel, and he's awesome. I, it, I, don't, I can't tell you I actually understand how they were held back by dark forces for 21 days. Um, we got this angel, or it's Jesus. He was detained by the king, with the king of Persia by the prince of Persia, and Michael rescued him. And immediately upon his 21-day fast, the, the, it sounds like Jesus or, or an angel, uh, they were sent, and he, he came to Daniel to speak to him to give him understanding of this vision of the great war that he had seen. It's absolutely amazing if you consider and I'm not going to try to explain because I, I don't know how they were detained and the heavenly warfare stuff there. Um, there's a lot to 
you know, even try to comprehend there. But, but the fact that heaven's answer was dispatched when he started to fast and pray is a really interesting thing. And the fact that heaven's answer was delayed and, and heaven's answer didn't arrive on earth where it was sent from heaven for 21 days, that's fascinating. Like the extra prayer brought the answer that was delayed. And that's what really gets me. And it's a it's fascinating concept that something you've been praying and praying and praying isn't going to just come overnight. And it's something that you, you pursue over time and you never give up, or just the answer comes in time. You know, you're praying for a miracle. It doesn't come, but a healing comes over time. That's a it's still an answer to prayer, or it's a delayed miracle you see in your life. Um, but that God actually provides um, that there is a spiritual element to it that involves a warfare that we don't understand. Um, that's an interesting thing and something to consider. And, and it's, a, you know, on the practical side, never give up. Daniel's awestruck by the encounter and speechless, and this is his standard response. One more thing, too, the, the guys with him didn't see Jesus, but Daniel did. He was so faithful that his eyes managed to see the one he worshipped, but the others, they couldn't see him, and they were terrified. They felt him, but they didn't see him. Daniel 10, 15. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. The one who looked like a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome because of anguish because of this vision, my Lord, and I feel very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Again, the, man who looked, who, again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid. You are highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. And when he spoke to me, I strengthened and said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. So he said, Do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. But first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. So we have a book of truth in heaven, and it appears like a history book of history since we are about to hear about history before it happens, and they called it the book of truth. Daniel eleven two. Now then, I tell you the truth. Three more kings will rise in Persia, and then a fourth, who will be far richer than all the others. And when he has gained power by his wealth, he will stir up everyone against the kingdom of Greece. And I think that's clearly Xerxes. And then a mighty king will arise who will rule with great power and do as he pleases. And after he has arisen, his empire will be broken up and parceled out towards the four winds of heaven. It will not go to his descendants, nor will it have the power he exercised, because his empire will be uprooted and given to others. The Persian empire will be cut into four pieces. And now we have another introduction to this... um, this guy who's going to be representative of the Antichrist. We basically get the missing period of biblical history here between the Old and the New Testaments. Uh, Daniel 11 and 12 are going to be the bridge, basically, history is written ahead of time. 
and we'll probably you know insert some podcast and show it um, how it was spoken before it happened, uh, but we'll cover it fairly quickly here. Daniel eleven five. The king of the south will become strong, but one of his commanders will become even stronger than he, and will rule his own kingdom with great power. And after some years, they will become allies. The daughter of the king of the south will go to the king of the north to make an alliance, but she will not retain her power, and his, he and his power will not last. And in those days, she will be betrayed together with the royal escort and her father and the one who supported her. One from her family line will arise to take her place. He will attack the forces of the king of the north and enter his fortress. He will fight against them and be victorious. He will also seize their gods, their metal images, their valuable articles of silver and gold, and carry them off to Egypt. And for some years he will leave the kingdom of the north alone. Then the kingdom of the north will invade the realm of the king of the south, but will retreat to his own country. His sons will prepare for war and assemble a great army which will sweep on like an irresistible flood and carry the battle as far as his fortress. Then the king of the south will march out in a rage and fight against the king of the north, who will raise a large army, but it will be defeated. And when the army is carried off, the kingdom of the south will be filled with pride and will slaughter many thousands. Yet he will not remain triumphant, for the king of the north will muster another army, larger than the first, and after several years he will advance with a huge army fully equipped. And in those times, many will rise against the king of the south. And those who are violent among your own people will rebel in fulfillment of the vision. But without success, then the king of the north will come and build up siege ramps and will capture a fortified city. The forces of the south will become powerless to resist. Even their best troops will not have the strength to stand. The invader will do as he pleases. No one will be able to stand against him. He will establish himself in the beautiful land and will have the power to destroy it. He will determine to come with the might of his entire kingdom and will make an alliance with the kingdom of the south. And he will give him a daughter in marriage in order to overthrow the kingdom. But his plans will not succeed or help him. Then he will turn his attention to the coastlands and will take many of them. But a commander will put an end to his insolence and will turn his insolence back on him. And after this, he will turn back toward the fortresses of his own country, but will stumble and fall to be seen no more. See the extreme detail? I mean, we'll cover, I gotta just say, we're going to cover this kingdom of the north and the south, um, because this is such detail written ahead of time before it even occurs in history. Daniel eleven twenty. His successor will send out a tax collector, you see the detail? To maintain the royal splendor, and in a few years he will be destroyed, yet not in anger or in battle. He will succeed by he will be succeeded by a contemptible person who have, who have not have given the honor of royalty. He will invade the kingdom when his people feel secure, and he will seize it through intrigue, and then an overwhelming army will sweep away before him. Both it and a prince of the covenant will be destroyed. And after coming to an agreement with him, he will act deceitfully, and with only a few people he will rise to power. And when the richest provinces feel secure, he will invade them and will achieve what neither his fathers nor his forefathers did. He will distribute plunder, loot, and wealth among his followers. He will plot the overthrow of fortresses, but only for a time. With a large army, he will stir up strength and courage against the king of the south. 
and the king of south will wage war with the large and very powerful army, but he will not be able to stand because of the plots devised against him. Those who eat from the king's provisions will try to destroy him. His army will be swept away, and many will fall in battle. The two kings, with their hearts bent on evil, will sit at the same time and lie to each other, but to no avail, because an end will still come at the appointed time. The king of the north will return to his own country with great wealth, but his heart will be set against a holy covenant. He will take action against it and then return to his own country. And at the appointed time, he will invade the south again, but this time the outcome will be different from what it was before. Ships of the western coastlands will oppose him, and he will lose heart. And then he will turn back and vent his fury against the holy covenant. He will return and show favor to those who forsake the holy covenant. His armed forces will rise up to desecrate the temple fortress and will abolish the daily sacrifice. Then he will set up an abomination that causes desolation. With flattery, he will corrupt those who have violated the covenant. But the people who know their God will firmly resist him. Those who are wise will instruct many. Though for a time he will fall by the sword or be burned or captured or plundered. And when they fall, they will receive a little help. And many who are not sincere will join them. Some of the wise will stumble, so that they may be refined, purified, and made spotless until the time of the end. For it will still come at the appointed time. So, you can imagine this historical detail, but we're paralleling something here. We see a symbolic picture of the Antichrist again, especially that desolation of the, you know, abomination that causes desolation. I mean, that's almost word-for-word revelation. So we see this parallel going on, and it says even some of the wise will stumble. We're going back to this Mark of the Beast thing, too, where even some of the wise will stumble. But interesting, in this case, it says, so that they may be refined, purified, and made spotless. And then we're talking about the end of the age, too. So there's this interesting parallel in speech going on. Daniel eleven thirty six. The king will do as he pleases. He will exalt and magnify himself above every god, and he will say unheard of things against the god of gods. He will be successful until the time of wrath is completed, for what has been determined must take place. He will show no regard for the gods of his ancestors or the one desired by women, nor will he regard any god, but will exalt himself above them all. Instead of them, he will honor a god of fortresses, a god unknown to his ancestors. He will honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and costly gifts. He will attack the mightiest fortresses with the help of a foreign god and will greatly honor those who acknowledge him. He will make them rulers over many people and distribute the land at a price. And at the time of the end of the king of the south, he will engage him in battle. And the king of the north will storm out against him with chariots and cavalry and great ships. He will invade many countries and sweep through them like a flood. He will also invade the beautiful land. Many countries will fall, but Edom, Moab, and the leaders of Ammon will be delivered from his hand. He will extend his power over many countries. Egypt will not escape. He will gain control of the treasuries of gold and silver and all the riches of Egypt with the Libyans and Cushites in submission. But reports from the east and the north will alarm him and will set out a great rage to destroy and annihilate many. He will pitch his royal tents between the seas at the beautiful holy mountain, but he will 
come to his end, and no one will help him. The end of this horrible character actually doesn't seem to have a lot of detail. But he just comes to his end. It's amazing amount of territory that this these this character, this time frame, these battles these kings get um, in the book of Daniel. And, and this is that intertestament time period. And this will be our roadmap of history as we kind of cover some of the in-between time periods. And finally, we conclude with the end of the age, Daniel 12. And at that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of the nations until now. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some with everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite. One of them said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen, which is above the waters of the river, lifted his right hand and his left hand towards heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, times, and half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked my Lord, What will be the outcome of all this be? He replied, Go your way, Daniel because the words are rolled up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of 1,335 days. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then on the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotment. Daniel was undone by this revelation, and he set himself to fast and receive revelation. Basically, he was undone originally by this vision of this great war, and then he had this encounter, and then he was undone. And then the angel, or his Jesus, touched him, and he arose, and he had strength to have this conversation, this heavenly conversation about the future, which he won't understand. And in response to this fast, warfares occurred in the spirit until there was a breakthrough on the 21st day, and it appears Jesus and Michael show up to tell Daniel about the intertestament time period in the end of the age. And this is how Daniel finishes his book. I find the last line really interesting. It's not with a comment on the return to Israel, um, but just this final revelation. And Daniel will soon die of old age, the grand vizier of the Persian Empire. His legacy is really endless. Um, He covered Israel during the entirety of the exile period. He led the Babylonian and Persian worlds. 
he set up the return of Israel and provided for it, and he could have personally helped fund uh, part of the restoration of their entire city of Jerusalem. He compiled and organized most of the Old Testament. He influenced the Magi. Some even speculate he led them on the great search for the star of Jacob to anoint the future King Jesus. And he led them in Babylon and then in Persia. He left many scholars and men of influence in the governmental sphere of Persia. And there'll be a Mordecai, a Nehemiah, and others who remain back in Persepolis to influence chains in Persia, even through the cataclysmic Persian wars with Greece. As the remnant packs up to go back to Israel, 30,000 plus prepare to move themselves back to Israel. Daniel probably falls ill at this time, and some maybe even wonder if he's actually dying. He probably oversees the final stages of the move, and with great fanfare, he blesses their journey. And as for the Daniel, the Lord's words were instructions to him, and they summarized the great blessing he was and the awesome purpose he fulfilled. The final words of his book conclude his life. And as for you, go your way. You will rest, and in the end of days you will rise and receive your allotment or great reward. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to visit the website, share the Facebook page, or if you want to chat, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.